Welcome to the Zapata Brand. And now, your host, George Zapata. So, you are now a starter. Mm-hmm. Everything's going great. Mm-hmm. You're just, now, signed we, a new, just signed a new contract going in. So, I become a starter my third year. My fourth year, I come back, we get Buddy Ryan. Uh, as as a, no, I'm, I, I take that back. When I was a starter, we didn't we didn't have Buddy, and um, and I had uh, I starter. So my next year, my contract. So, so I signed a new new contract, new three year deal. Mm-hmm. Signed a nice little nice three year deal, and uh, I was a starter. Played Pittsburgh the f- opening game, second game of the season. I was in practice playing, and I went up for a ball in our corner. I hit my corner, and I tore my ACL. Mm. Um, so, so I mean, right away I'm thinking, "Here's my career over." You know, back then when they you weren't cut guaranteed. You no, I'm not. Nothing contract? was guaranteed. No, you then, wouldn't have no. guaranteed because when we, when we, when I was there, when I came in '89, it was just after the strike in '87. Oh yeah, yeah. So right. the first thing that happened, if, like now, there's the free agency and all the things. Back then, they started a thing called Plan B, and you can protect like six guys. You know what I mean? Six guys off your roster, whatever. And they they really okay. couldn't move around because back then. When you were at a team, you were there for forever until they let you go. Like you didn't have a choice to go somewhere well, else. They have, had the well, rights. Well, what about when your contract ended? Well, you you had it. You had it. If they didn't do your deal, you you they had your rights first. They had are you right kidding me? Yeah, until they let you, and they, you didn't let go. So that's why that's why they you know had a strike and everything. Oh, okay. and everything. Yeah, All right. they well, owned you. Sense. They owned oh. you. Once you were at one team, you were you were there for life until they got rid of you. That's what it is. So then, Boy. <laughs> so then, Plan B came on, and then uh, as it, it arose, and then it then it got to be free agency, and then it was, but okay. it was a little baby step. So I only hit to the end till my last three four years was kind of free agency. All right, so you're now you were the starter. You get this injury, right? You were at unbelievable high because right. now here you are, third mm-hmm. year. You're ready to go. Sign a big deal. Yep. Buy, build the monstrosity of the house yeah. over here in Berwick. <laughs> that was before then. Oh, that was, was it before, before then? Yeah. Oh, geez. Yeah. You didn't even sign your big contract yeah, when you big built that? Contract yet. And, wow. Uh, you were and, falling. But but everything you had. I mean, it was good money, but it wasn't. It wasn't like right. retirement yeah. money. Uh, like, true. You know, I mean, like like true. these guys now, if they sign a deal, if they're a first, second, and they're a starter, they sign mm-hmm. a deal and they get hurt. I mean, they can live for the rest of their life pretty damn mm-hmm. easy. You know, with a couple million dollars. I mean, you know, so. Um, but. You know, you, you think it's the end of your career, and uh, I get some. How opinions. did you fe- How did you feel oh. coming home? Oh, I, I mean, like it was over. Like yeah, I told my, you know, like I said, getting back to having family and friends and, and my wife. I mean, it was and the was medical very, very was tough. nowhere near what no, it is now. No, so you I mean, must when you scared when you when you got your knee done, they opened. They made a long cut and opened mm-hmm. it. And once they did that, you were never the same. There was never. You know, so did you get the surgery or no? I so I. So I had some uh, MRIs and everything like that, and uh, it wasn't severed all the way, and I opted to just rehab. So I, I got hurt in the second game of the season, and <clears throat> I rehabbed, and I came back. I think my first game back was unbelievable, was the, I, Buff- was I, the greatest comeback ever in Buffalo. <laughs> takes me to that right. point because I have so many questions mm. from my friends from New Jersey about the two games that you were involved in that you told me about that were classic games. Mm. The comeback and then the snowball game. Yep. Okay. Yep. So the comeback game, you have to tell me, what the hell were you guys thinking? I mean, it was so, so Buffalo is a, is um So the people who don't know, you set it up as to what was going on. To right. Start from the beginning. So, you know, Buffalo was a Super Bowl team, you know, they were there a year or two, this and that. So we were, who's as we came in there and, uh, 
we we come into a very hostile stadium, and they tell you when you when you go up into the parking lot, like look forward, they'll be throwing beer cans and batteries at your butt. Like they're just they're just fans, or they're, they're that's all loyal, they got. Up there. Fans. That's it's all, all they got. got, and it's like in a, it's like you're driving through these neighbors, and all of a sudden you drive up into this stadium. It's like in the middle of neighborhoods. It's crazy, and uh, so we get off and play in a very very hostile place. Fans are close. We we start routing them, and I mean we're beating them twenty eight to three at halftime. We go into halftime. So so the key was that Jim Kelly was hurt and Frank Wright was the backup quarterback. So <clears throat> we had a 28-3. We come out in the second half, and uh, I don't know, maybe three, four, or five plays into Bubba McDowell picks off a pass, goes for a touchdown. We're up 35 to 3. So I have <laughs> I have friends. I have friends uh at the game, family and friends. My friends are some of my friends are Buffalo fans, some of them are Pittsburgh fans. So the winner of that game was going to play Pittsburgh in the AFC Championship. <clears throat> My friends go home at halftime like, oh, this is this is over with, you know, 35 to 3 overtime. So as the story goes, um, they hit. So we're, 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 you know, we're going 35 to 3 and we're kind of going. And then gets later in the third quarter and we blow a coverage and Frank Wright throws a touchdown pass. So now it's, you know, 35 to 10. And the crowd gets a little bit louder. You know, and then come next time, and then they stop us, and then they ended up throwing another touchdown pass. And so now the crowd's going up. And if you're ever part of any sports, high school, what everything, when you have big crowds and you hear, you know, and you hear the cheer mm-hmm. and the momentum, it, momentum in any sport is, is that's real. Yeah, it's real. Okay. I mean, it's a real thing. And then, especially when the opposer starts thinking, oh, shit, you know, here we go. You know, this, that we can't lose this game or having any kind of negative thoughts. And you don't know you're in, you're in a, you're in a tough place and things just unravel and so unravel. Let, let me get you, let, let me get the inside of the sidelines. You're yeah. on the sidelines sitting there. You're like, what the hell is going on? Yeah. We're, so what, what's like the talk? They're like, you know, what I mean? well, what, then, what then you start, then we start, you know, we have the blown coverage and we have a guy in there, blown coverage corner comes up and then the next one they score. And then now you have start having some guys arguing with another, where were you at? You were supposed to be over the top, you know, blah, 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 in coverages and linebackers not dropping. So you start having a little arguing on your own team, a little dissension, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? And then that grows, you know, you're getting loud, the crowds get louder and then things just happen, happen. And Warren Moon gets sacked. Uh, I don't know if he sacked it or he threw an interception and uh, the momentum and it just it was something that you just can't stop and it was just we were out there playing but it was just they were doing everything who, right okay. we were doing everything okay. wrong <laughs> yeah. who, who put the prevent defense in was that Buddy Ryan well it wasn't really uh, prevent you went, you went into some sort of prevent I remember because I remember watching the game I remember watching the game like why well, they not, were playing well, like, when you're up when you're 35 to three. I mean, you're not you're not like, you're not taking risk. And it was everything. almost like yeah, you, you played not to lose. Yeah. Well, and but, a bitch in the ass. Well, at, at that big of a at that big of a you know deficit at 35 three in the NFL, it's tough to come back. Like, it when is. You're playing, and then you know you play a little looser. You know, the first thing they say to you is, "Don't let anybody behind you. No big plays. No big plays." So you're playing loose, loose, loose. Those guys are playing. You know, playing hard, hard, hard. It was funny. The next year, I went to. Um, the next year I went to uh, San Diego and uh, Gail Gilbert was the quarterback, one of the one of the quarterbacks in San Diego. And he was the backup for Frank Wright. And he was warming up to go in and they were, he was just about to go in. And they were like, Frank does a touchdown pass. Let him have one more series. 
Let him have one more series. Throws another oh, touchdown. Shit. I said, damn, Gail, I wish they would have put you in so we, <laughs> so we don't went to AFC Championship game. So. Did, uh, was, was Jim Kelly? Because I, I he, was, do he didn't play at all. He didn't play at all. No, I thought Frank he was Reich coming back the game. in. No. I thought there was, okay. So no. he was out. He was out. Yeah, oh, he was out for shit. sure. So we thought 35-3, Frank Reich's not going to you know, beat us playing off, this mm-hmm. and that. And they just hit some big plays. And it was just, it was contagious. That, it was that. like off to oh, the races. Dude, I remember mom, watching it. My mom... I just had my daughter, and <clears throat> my mom was down in Houston for a while, and she got on a plane, and and, and they said, oh, my God, Houston's up 35-3 to three or 28-3. to three. She gets on a plane. When she <laughs> lands, they were like, oh, my God, the biggest comeback ever at Houston Oilers lost. She was like, oh, my God, what happened? You know, she, yeah. she didn't see it. Now, but, was she a uh, big football fan? Or um, did she go to the games? I think or? she was a big Bowerline. I don't know if I don't know if she was a big yeah, huge but football like, fan. She just liked seeing her. I mean, who doesn't like seeing her son playing? In the yeah, NFL, that's true. You know, that's true. So she, didn't, she didn't know what was going on or all that things, but – being around, you know, sports all her life. I mean, she has she had a clue. She wasn't okay. total clue. I thought she just was kind of just. No, you know, she didn't. She didn't come much to my little league games and stuff because. See, that's you know, you know what's different. They were at home. It's funny because I, most parents, are like, oh yeah, we went to the, we went to the, we went to their games. We went to they, they oh, travel. They go to like, practice. I practice. And they sit there. I'm like in the lawn chairs. What yeah. the hell? I'm thinking to myself. I I, I could never. Oh, I, I my mom, would never. She never went to practice ever, let alone games. It was tough right. for her. She just, she just, you know, she was going through some shit too. But it's like we never. My mom never went to my away games, like, high school home yeah, games because it was home here. They yeah. are like yeah. literally traveling eight deep oh, to go. I'm like, are you, God. are you crazy? I, I don't think my dad has ever came to any of my practices. No one. And, ever, I mean, like, you I don't feel think they bad. Were forbidden. You feel bad or yeah. something. But I mean, maybe it's different now. But like guys are different too. Guys are different than, than than moms in the sports. They've changed. Mm-hmm. Moms are going. They're picking you up. They're taking oh, you to where. Yeah. Dads. I mean, I could. Well, we didn't have. I didn't have a dad. I mean, we had nobody there. Right. So it was. And neither did you. Right. You know. So it was kind of like you run your own. But well, it's not a bad thing. It. I didn't look at it as a bad thing because I wanted to perform for everybody else too. I I always say the difference now is it's like survival. You know, when no one's there, like no one was there with me in West Virginia or, yeah. or this and that. Like you either you grew up, you know, grew up to be a man or you were a little puss and, and you went home or, you know, mm-hmm. you know, did something. So <clears throat> I think that's a little bit of a problem. I think they're like too protective because when you're at practice and a coach yells at you, you know, now the mom sees it. Now you're at home. Oh, I saw coach yell. And, and, and they're giving you all their opinions. So now they're only hearing what your mom and dad sees. Not mm-hmm. what everybody else or what a coach sees. You know what I mean? So yeah. um, I, I think that's the worst. I hate when they come to practice. Like and football, gonna get, we don't have any. We're going to get uh, – I'm going to get into that mm. later on here in this because I want your opinion on a few mm-hmm. things that happened in my life. Yeah. Uh, the second game that happened was at Giant Stadium, <laughs> the snowball. Now, who, who was the player that got knocked out? No, it was our – it was our uh, <laughs> it was our equipment manager, Doc. <laughs> Doc was, Doc was, <laughs> I don't know, great, he had to be in his 60s, so he was oh, so. Jesus. So you had to, like, um. Sorry, Doc, if, so, you're, if you're listening. Yeah. So, oh, so when you, I don't know if Doc's still living, I don't know, but, but anyway, <laughs> oh, uh, but you, it was, it was hilarious because <laughs> when you came off to the sideline, they told you, get on a bench, don't face the side, you know, don't face the crowd. And you had to leave your helmet on because you know you take your helmet off and under. I mean, they were coming from the upper deck and they were coming out to about 
coming out to about the hash. Okay. Like they were, they're anywhere from the sidelines to the hat. And I mean, it was like pop, 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 pop. And you're trying to play, and there's snowballs going all over the place. So we're, we, we're on a defensive uh, stop or whatever. We're on the freaking sidelines. And Doc's coming over to the bench. We're on the bench, and we're sitting on the top of the bench and up like that. And uh, and he comes over, and all of a sudden, pop, pop. He gets in that. It, like, it was like a sniper was up in, up in, the, in the lights, and they cow. So we had it on. Uh, now, thank oh, God he's all right. You know, thank God he's all right. So we had, we had a, oh, a, a, a big TV, oh. you know, in the locker rooms and stuff like that. And they had a tape, and they would just, it would just run and run. And, and guys would just fall. Like, after oh. after they knew he was oh. all right, it was like, Doc, and then oh. it, it was like, God, you know. Doc. That is hilarious. Oh, dude, it was so oh, funny. That man. was a crazy yeah. game. I mean, so, dude, you get, I mean, you'd get hit in the head and the shoulder, like <laughs> pounding with snowballs. Like, what oh, the frick? Dude, that was horrible. That oh. was horrible. So that was one of your two games. Now let's get into the... Kind of like the wrapping up of your career, but uh, so you, let's say you're done with your injury, you come back. Mm. Did you play any any longer for Houston? So I so I I came back that that year there. So I rehabbed in the offseason. Now Buddy Ryan comes, okay, and I have uh, um, Buddy Ryan comes and runs our defenses and that. So right away he doesn't give me my job back. He puts Marcus Marcus Robinson. Did he not guy. know you from prior? Yeah, yeah, but Buddy Buddy was Buddy. Buddy was a. Buddy just didn't care. <laughs> Buddy had his guys, and Buddy didn't give a shit about anybody. You know, yeah. Buddy would Buddy would come in and do film and scribble and scribble and scribble. And he had this guy named uh, Ronnie was our defensive coordinator. Well, not coordinator. He was a linebacker coach, but uh, he would he would sit up there and he and call his defenses, and and then he would walk out of the meeting, and then Ronnie would run the rest of the meeting. So he wasn't right. in there. Practice, he would sit in the back with a little sunscreen because Houston's real hot, and he. Would, have his little jacket on with a sunscreen on his nose. And blah, 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 blah. You'd walk in a hall in a three-foot hallway, and that dude wouldn't say nothing to you passing by you. Hey, Coach, how you doing? He'd just walk right by you. He was just a prick. Like, you played out of fear. Like mm-hmm. and he, he would get ready in a heartbeat. If he didn't like it, you were gone. And he'd bring his guys, and that's how he graded film. He called you by numbers. Like, 26 tackle, 51 asshole. Like, if you screwed up or, you know, dumbass, 71 dumbass. Like, if you made a mistake, that's how he graded film. Like how, how, was, was that, how was that successful? <laughs> I mean, I mean, you're you're a grown man. I mean, it's not yeah, like but, he, but you know in yourself that you're not, a dumb, you know, you're not a dumbass to say that. But um, that was just his like his fear, his way of yeah. of coaching. But it wasn't, you know, I mean, not not great leadership skills. No. So anyway, I so I backed up all that year, mm-hmm. and then you know he had he his scheme was just his scheme was a matchup. He's always had a great Mike linebacker and a free safety called all their defenses. So what he did is he had he had a regular formation. A blitz the formation, a forty-six defense, and a forty-six BTF. So he would match every like call it red is split backs. You know, I you know like I backs, I I strong or I near. Mm-hmm. You know, yep, we yep. call it blue or red. You come all kind of things. So he would have every formation lined up down there, and then he'd had every defense written in. There'd be four slots, whether you called regular defense, BTF, forty-six or forty-six BTF, and you had to memorize it because. Whatever did it matched up against everything they did. So when he would call, all he would call, you you know give this call forty six defense. So whatever they came out and you get trips forty six against trips ah uh, sixty sixty. So you had it like it was on everything matched up against what they did. That's why your our defense was number one and number two in, in in the whole league. I mean it was ridiculous, but that that was his forte. But you had a guy like Mike Singletary, 
you know, Plank, all those guys mm-hmm. running their free safety and their Mike linebacker had to be sharp because the calls had That's to come coming out. at real time. Oh, my so, God, like real fast. You're talking about yeah. you're playing against, you know, all kind of stuff. And and, uh, and it just matched up against everybody, and he was very successful doing it. Now people caught on in the later years, but it was like it's like anything else. As the run and shoot comes out, you know, it blows up for a couple of years till people find out how to do it, and then something else comes. Wild something cat. else comes mm-hmm. in a while. Yeah, like, it's just, you know, it's just mm-hmm. like – they don't reinvent the wheel, you know. There's things that are there the whole time. It's just that some people put a little tweak into it, and then they call it something, and okay. they're the savior of uh, of football. You know, what I mean, they're a genius. So then so, you, so that you didn't get your job back. So then I, looking. I come back. The la- Marcus Robinson in the last three three games ago, he blows his uh, patella tendon out. I I come in and I have three picks in three games, and then I become a free agent. So I'm out of there. Like I didn't want to. I didn't want to stay there. I wanted to go be a starter somewhere. So. Right. I go to uh, so my agent. <clears throat> we get online, and um, I, there wasn't a lot of starting jobs out there. But I had to go. I got a, uh, an opportunity to go to San Diego, and I signed a two-year deal. And the the contract meant that if I met all my incentives, I had a decent base, but I had a pretty good incentive package. If I met all my incentives, then my second year got mm-hmm. null and void, and I became a free agent again. Okay, and. Um, I competed against a guy. I was running against a guy there, and uh, he was a young guy, probably in his second year, and he was just a cocky, cocky, but he was Rodney tough. Harris? Ronnie Harrison. Yep. He was he was tough as nails. And Kai always had penalties and always had attitude, hitting guys late and mm-hmm. this and that. A lot of players didn't even like him. You know, you can I watched the specials on when he was up in New England talking about when he came out. He'd be rocking his own guys. You know, the New England receivers, and he was just a prick, but he was a he was a hell of an athlete. I mean, the guy was strong, and you know, at that point, I played for Bobby Ross, and Bobby Ross was at, at Maryland. That's where I got the shot because I, when I was offered the scholarship at Maryland, <clears throat> Bobby Ross was a coach, so I turned him down and went to West Virginia. So, oh, then, yeah, I, yeah, so yeah. then he's like, I finally get a shot at you, this and that. So oh, Bobby, Bobby's a good guy. So anyway, I ended up beating out Rodney, and I came secondly in tackle, and I met all my incentives, and I became a free agent. So being having a young agent like I like I had, Al Papuno, there was a tight end, and Someone else that had to be done. He said, when they do their deals, they're going to do mine over. So in the meantime, we get a new coordinator, Dave Adolph, from Kansas City. And I'm waiting and waiting and waiting. Next thing you know, he brings over his safety from Kansas City and signs him for uh, San Diego. So now I'm out of a job. I'm a free agent out of a job. So we're looking around, looking around. The only team that didn't have uh, um, starting saves that time was the Cincinnati Bengals. So uh, Dave Shula. Um, knew my agent or whatever, and then he called and talked to David. So I ended up signing a three year deal with, uh, oh, with, nice. with the Bengals. So, uh, me and was that your biggest deal? That was my biggest deal. Okay. And then I, I, um, uh, they brought in two new corners and myself. We called us the, the three amigos. We called ourselves, you know, we're starters going in there, and uh, Jimmy Spencer and uh, Ashley Ambrose. And uh, <clears throat> we came in there, and uh, I think the, I was the First or second year, I led the team in tackles. I had like 129 tackles. I mean, we were we were okay. We had Big Daddy Wilkinson from Ohio oh, State, yeah. uh, Big Cat from Baylor. We had you know we had a couple of good players, Steve Tower. We had a lot of good players, but um, Cincinnati was just a real real rough place. We came in with Dave Shula. Dave Shula gets fired. We go, I think we go two and Ooh. five. My the first. Uh, seven games, and then uh, Bruce Coslett was our offensive coordinator. Yeah. He, they fired Dave. He becomes head coach. We go five and two. Mm-hmm. The next games, and I think we had a playoff game in there. Uh, okay, but um, so then the second year, I became a starter, and then they signed this uh, safety. So I played my second year, and then I kind of split times at the end. 
And then uh, they decided to go with the young guy, and I left Cincinnati. How was, how was Bruce Coslett? Uh, Bruce was Bruce was a good guy. I mean, Bruce was a smart guy. Jim Anderson, the quarterback, yeah, great yeah, yeah. quarterback. He yep. was a quarterback from there. Um, they had a good staff, but at the time, it was just it was Cincinnati was just didn't seem like as big of a you know the, like the Brown family. Like a lot of the Brown families involved, like their daughters and son in laws, and everybody kind of ran the team. Other than just having regular general managers, and mm-hmm. you know, it was just kind of a very very different place. And I had a guy, Roy Roy uh, Ray Horton. <clears throat> who's probably I don't know, he's probably still coaching. He played for the Cowboys, and then he was he was my coach. And Ray was real good, and he would just tell me like, dude, just just you know keep Play playing. It it's not it's not my decision. This and that of you mm-hmm. moving, you know what I mean? And and who knows what that can you know? So um, you know, I had a real good career there, and then then it was off, and then um, you know I'm getting into my tenth year, and I'm like, you know, I don't know what I want to do. So I signed with the uh, I signed a two year deal with the uh, Steelers, just minimum, you know, minimal with the Steelers, and I play behind uh, Darren Perry, yeah, and uh, Cornell Lake, and uh, I get into training camp, and I mean, this is now it's kind of like a dream. Now you're getting home. I'm either with the Steelers or the Eagles. You grew up in yeah. Pennsylvania. And uh, playing for Coach Cower, and Coach Cower's, you know, as a player coach, he's a great guy. Uh, I I have a sciatic nerve, <clears throat> and I'm out for like the whole preseason. And so me, Will Wolford, Wolford, he was an all. Oh pro. yeah, yeah, yeah. So Wolford's he he was hurt. So we'd have to go to this uh, UPMC at the time. We would travel every day and go get treatment and come back to Cincinnati. And I'm figuring like here's an all pro, you know. So now I'm I'm done. I'm in my tenth year, and then. Coward calls me and he said, no, you're not going anywhere. I know what you can do. You need to get healthy for the first game. So I backed up uh, all year um, and uh, just basically played special teams and backed up. And Darren was a very, very solid safety. And Carnell like, was was a great safety. Right. And, uh, you know, after that, Darren retired. And um, I thought I was coming back and going to be a starter. And I was, I was at the place. I think it went to, I don't know if I went to mini camp or I was visiting for something and I went home and like two weeks later they released me. So, uh, so they went with two younger guys. They brought two younger guys in, uh, to play safety. So how's, uh, how's that when they release you? I'll tell you what, any, any time they release you, I don't care what year it was and anything. I mean, it's a, it's an ego blow, you know, somebody trying to tell you you're not good uh-huh. enough. You're like, screw you. You know what I mean? And it becomes personal, yep. you know what I mean? And, uh, and like, like the money wasn't what it is like. You know, if I had a couple million dollars, I'd be like, "All right, cool. I'm cool. You know, I'll go play golf and this mm-hmm. and that." But I mean, it was it was a job, and you're you're raising for your family, you're working hard for this right. money. I was probably more mentally drained and physically because at my size, I, I fought it every year. I fought yeah. for my starting job every year. I wasn't like a starter and signed a couple million dollar deal, two three million dollar deal. You know, at that time, like when I first came in, the safeties were making two and a quarter, and the corners were making like three and a quarter. Like, I thought, man, if I can make that, you know what I mean? And, and, you know, went up a little bit. But, I mean, you never, you know, one guy was making more moves. The only guy making a million dollars. He was making right at a million dollars. So that just shows you the the time frame. So, you know, being being said that, I'm, you know, I'm finished my my 10th year. And I moved the year before that. I was was living in Berwick when I signed my Cincinnati deal. So I had a house, by the big house in Berwick here. Mm -hmm. But I had all my family and everything took care of in the offseason. I would move my kids um from school to school from christmas break they would go to school my youngest my joey my oldest started in san diego in kindergarten and came to kindergarten in berwick we'd come at christmas break and my uh my wife would take the kids home and i would if i had like one game every you know cincinnati had one game left my brother came out you know to help me drive and pack some stuff up i had okay. a town host yeah, you know yeah. so my my wife would take the, the kids home and put them in school you know in here and so 
Um, so it was like that. But then when I got that one to Pittsburgh, I was, I was in. I moved before my last year at a house in Berwick in 1998. I moved to. I bought a house in Bethlehem because my. My wife's sister um, lived in Bethlehem. We would go visit. I really liked Derry, and I didn't want to go far. I was either going there or I was going to West Virginia. I was going to Morgan. Okay. You know, either place I was going to go because I figured it was the best opportunity for a job, a little bit bigger market in, in Bethlehem. Right. Or I'd go back to West Virginia where, you know, we had, had right, a big right, payment right. and everything like that. So, you know, so we chose to, to live in Bethlehem. So I moved into a house. I bought a house in Bethlehem. So my mother-in-law lived in there because her daughter lived in the same neighborhood. So we went out to Pittsburgh and just grabbed okay. it, rented a townhome. So when I came back, I'm thinking to myself, I'm in Bethlehem and I'm from Philly, so I'm trying to get, like, maybe sneak one more year in there, you know, in okay. Philly. So I, you know, trying to, and my, uh, a guy named Bobby DePaul, he's a coach, <clears throat> one of assistant coaches was down in Philly, and I tried to get there and things couldn't work out. So that's when I decided to just, you know, just nix it. Now, I mean, I just want to go back to when you were saying you were thinking of retiring. Mm -hmm. In boxing, they always say when you're thinking about retiring, mm -hmm. you're retired. Right. 